Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. I'm your host, Phil Denner, as always, accompanied by the founder and president of Alliant Leadership, Joe Denner. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great, man. It's 50 degrees outside. How could you not be doing great in January when it's like that? Yes, yes. I love warm weather. It's my, <laughs> my favorite yeah. time of the year is when it starts getting warm yeah. after winter. So hopefully it will stay this way at least for a little bit before going back down. But we're so happy you are all tuning in with us today. Just want to remind you, visit Joe's blog at joedenner.com. Subscribe to the blog. Get his ebook as a free gift, 10 Ways to Live on Purpose. Uh, as well, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Uh, feel free to invite your fr- friends and family to listen in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a coworker or a friend you think could really benefit from this, send them an email uh, yeah, with the link great. to the podcast. Uh, Joe's got so many helpful uh, hints and tips that uh, could help them in many various ways. But uh, before we jump into the topic today, I just want to say how excited I am about the product launch that's coming up, Joe. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, definitely. And we've been working intensively on it. It's going to be coming out pretty <laughs> soon here. And uh, it's been a huge project. We're so excited about it. And if you want any information on that, feel free to email us at info at joedenner.com or the contact page on joedenner.com. Feel free to send, uh, send us an email and we'd love to answer any questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's called Seven Days to Becoming a Great Manager. So we're we're really excited and encouraged to be able to come alongside leaders in various places in management and help them to reach a level of greatness they've not reached heretofore. So, yeah. yeah. So we're very excited about that. For today, we are going to be discussing the best way to get someone's attention. Uh, Joe, this was one of your blogs mm-hmm. uh, that you did, uh, but it seemed that this topic is pretty important to people. And so we wanted to discuss it a little more in detail. So I'd like to start out by asking you, uh, in, this, in the blog post you stated, I am convinced that being a highly skilled listener has risen to the top of the list of skills required to be a truly great leader. Now that's a pretty strong statement. What mm-hmm. makes you say that? Yeah, I think it really comes down to me, just the entire definition of leadership is all about being a person of influence. Mm-hmm. And, and particularly as the millennial generation enters the workforce in a, in a you know stronger and stronger fashion, take up more and more of a percentage of the workforce, I think this has become more and more important than ever. But, but really, I think it was even important before that. And, and that is this, if you're gonna be a person of influence, if you're gonna be a person who has sway with people, then they need to trust you and they need to trust you and they need to feel that they have a sense of of relationship with you. And I have found in my research and in my working with leaders over the last really 20 years that being a great listener is the absolute best way to get somebody's attention because they are not used to that. Yeah, definitely. I I read a quote um, by a guy, Carl A. Menninger, uh, he said, listening is a magnetic and strange thing, a creative mm. force. Yeah. The friends who listen to us are the ones we move toward. When we are listened to, it creates us, mm-hmm. makes us unfold and expand. I thought that Ooh, was a very powerful That was very quote. good. I especially like that part about that makes us unfold and expand because I think becoming a great listener is how you're really going to tap into the potential of the team that you've got. And, and that is huge because people are reticent to really open their heart to you. They're reticent to share their deepest ideas and thoughts. 
And but when they know you're listening, wow, that's a draw. And so I like that idea of magnetic and the idea of unfolding, because I think that's exactly what great listening does for your team. Well, I think that active listening and, and just really being intentional about listening um, is a really it's a it's a sign of respect honestly Absolutely. and I think that's what builds oh yeah builds the relationship so well it says you have value mm-hmm. you know when I listen so yeah good word now I mentioned their active listening that was definitely one of the prominent uh, features of your blog um, can you go a little more into detail with what makes up active listening yeah active listening is at a at a high level for me there are other two other levels of listening we're not we don't really have time to get into today but active listening has a few really critical components the first thing is that it's highly highly intentional uh you know we have we are living in a world with so many distractions that you've really got to make up your mind ahead of time that you want to listen to this person so we're all busy we're all overwhelmed and swamped with tasks and to-dos and notifications and so the very first thing is to decide to make up your mind that you are going to listen to this person Hmm. And that's that's really the first part. And the second part really flows right out of that. And that is that it's completely and totally focused on the speaker. Again, I mentioned distractions. We, we've got notifications galore. We've got texts. We've got emails. We've got a messenger, you know, instant messenger. We've got social media. We've got Slack. We've got we got stuff coming at us from a jillion different directions. Mm-hmm. And and. Not to mention just the normal things of like if you're sitting at a restaurant listening to a person, you get all these people around you and all this other activity going around around you. And and so it's got to be focused on the speaker. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to cut through all of the noise. Does Mm. that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So the third thing is that it's pressed forward by curiosity. Um, there should be in each of us uh, a sense of curiosity because this person that's talking to us haven't, hasn't been able to give us the whole story. And so there are pieces of this puzzle that make up this person's situation or story that we just don't have access to. And so that there should be a curiosity that kicks in. And I believe curiosity is something that can be developed, by the way. And, and so that's the third part of what active listening is, is it's curious. Um, but also that curiosity is going to help us with the next component, which is the fact that active listening goes beyond words. And and you and I have talked about this before, and you've been in workshops that I've done where we've talked about the fact that up to 94% of communication is nonverbal. Yeah. So it has to do with body language. It has to do with pace. It has to do with tone. It has to do with repetition. There's all these things that are these nonverbal cues that are shouting at us what that person is trying to say. And if we're curious then we're going to start picking up on some of that more. So, yeah. you know, you've, you've seen that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's one of the biggest things, especially in today with the, all the technology is, you know, people send emails and texts about things and even talk over the phone and you miss out so much oh, yeah. on those, those nonverbal cues. Uh, I've mentioned before one of my communication classes was uh, on effective listening uh, when I was in, in college and – it's it just talked about the fact that nonverbals are so important. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, how how great 
of a part that they make up. 80 well, to 94% yeah. is that, is that, you, that's yeah. what you said, right? Well, and the studies vary. I mean, some of them are in the high 80s up mm-hmm. to the low 90s. But the point is this. I mean, if you think about it, think about texting. Um, you know, people, sometimes I get texts now that all that's in the text are these emoticons. <laughs> I mean, think about it. So what happened is that texting was around for a long time, but we all experienced the lack or the shortfall of texting because you'd think somebody was mad at you or yep. you'd think somebody was disappointed with you. And so now we've got these goofy little emoticons that we can slip in there to try to express some of what our facial expressions and some of what our gestures and other things would be able to express if we were looking at each other face to face. So so we can see, you know, that the world of technology has responded to the lack of this flat communication through email and texting. Mm, Yeah. All right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the last thing is that active listening paraphrases, it summarizes, it reiterates, it just, that's kind of the, the most obvious active part of active listening. I mean, the other stuff's all active because you're you're doing that intentionally and purposefully. But this is that part that gives the listener the, the clear sign that you're listening when you're able to feed back to them in your own words what they've said or you kind of summarize what they've what they've talked about. So those are really the, the main key components of active listening. Hmm. Now, I, I just, in addition to those, I was reading Seth Godin's blog mm-hmm. on active listening and some of his blogs are kind of confusing sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just had a question. Um, he talks about it and he says uh, he's talking about passive listening as well. Um, but he says active listening, on the other hand, requires that you interrupt when you need a clarification. And mm-hmm. it requires that you ask a truly difficult question when the speaker is finished. Now, we talk a lot about listening and really being intentional about uh, sitting and listening to what they're actually saying Mm -hmm. um, and not replying and things like that. So what does he mean when he's saying that you need to interrupt for clarification and talking about truly difficult questions? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, we we do this exercise in a workshop that I do, and actually it's going to be available in the material for seven days to becoming mm-hmm. a great manager, where I ask people to just sit and listen to another person for three minutes straight. And you will actually find that if all you do is listen – it can actually become a distraction in itself. So it is important to be active. It's important to interrupt, especially if you're not sure you completely understand where the person's going or where Mm -hmm. they're coming from, because the active part of active listening is the opportunity to check for understanding or to make a statement that feeds back to the person something about what they've been saying that gives an opportunity for clarification for themselves or for you as the listener. So I agree with Seth. I think active listening, absolutely, um, it includes that kind, but I would be careful about the word interrupt. That's almost a, got yeah. a negative connotation. Okay. Um, but but sometimes you do. Sometimes you have to step in gently and, and ask a question to gain some clarification, and that's absolutely recommended and I support that 100%. All right. Now, at the end of your blog, you usually uh, leave a question for uh, the audience to mm-hmm. think about. And uh, we definitely would invite you, if you uh, have something, a good response to that, feel free to post that on our social media. We mm-hmm. love to interact. Yes, we love interaction. Um, and we would welcome um, your answers and to, uh, to work through that with you. 
um, and you pose the end of this blog post, what is one thing you can do today to take steps towards becoming a great listener? Um, with that in mind, are there any exercises that people can follow or specific steps they can take to uh, see the growth, measure the growth in active listening, or is it just a process of being intentional that they'll kind of see over time? Okay, well, I'm going to answer that question by saying yes. <laughs> I, I think it's both. I think, I mean, when you say exercises, I, I would say that that becoming a great listener does only happen by practice. It only happens by continuing to practice and trying it again and again. So one of the things I would suggest is especially as you try and you're working on active listening, that you let some of the important people in your life know that you're working on this. Um, because when you say, is there a way to measure it? What I would say is you can ask people, say, hey, you know, I'm really working on trying to become a better mm -hmm. listener. So, you know, I, periodically I may check in with you and just say, hey, how am I doing on my listening? And so I think getting that kind of feedback is important. Uh, sometimes people say experience is the best teacher. And yeah. I would add to that, and this is not original to me, but I would add to that um, evaluated experience is the best teacher. And so I think you need to check in with people. But I, I do think intentionality is actually the number one thing. It's purposing, it's intending, it's working toward. But um, but then I think you you invite people into conversation. I think that'd be another way to exercise this is to, especially if you're on the quiet side, is to be a person who really practices asking questions mm. and drawing people in to a conversation rather than waiting for somebody else to get the conversation going or keep the conversation going. So I think both of those things, uh, asking questions to draw people in, but secondarily reaching out to people and saying, hey, I'm really trying to get better at this. Would you give me feedback and, and would you uh, make sure that we're spending time talking together so that I have the opportunity to practice? So just two very quick things mm. and some ways to get feedback. Great. That's, that's a great response. Um, I know that, that active listening is definitely not one of my strong suits. <laughs> I tend to like to be the, uh, the talker, but it's just it's so important to understand the benefits um, that come from that, and we'll definitely talk about that here in yeah. a minute. Well, let me, let me just interrupt for a second, and it's interesting you say that because the funny thing is I think some people associate extroversion with not good listeners and mm. introversion with good listeners. And I'll just say right now that I'm an introvert and I know plenty of introverts. And I don't think that just because a person is an introvert makes them a good listener at all. Um, they are maybe even more susceptible to that internal conversation. Yeah. And so that. whether you're talkative or not really is not the indicator. Um, the indicator is that, trust me, people will know people will be able to distinguish when you're a better listener or not because it'll be something they don't normally experience. Yeah. Now, we're not going into detail about the other types of listening very much, but uh, I mentioned passive listening in Seth Godin's mm -hmm. blog, uh, and even through your product, Seven Days to Becoming a Great Manager, you go through a few different types of listening. Yes. Um, and we don't need to go into detail about those, but what are some ways we can be intentional about avoiding uh, other forms of listening? Um, mm -hmm. Because it's easy to just unintentionally not be an active listener. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think one thing you can do, and, and, and some of this depends on the environment that you're in, but let's say you're in the office and somebody comes up 
to talk to you. I think one of the things you can do, and I learned, you know, from my career is that, you know what, turn away from the desk, turn away from your computer and really face the person. Hmm. Sometimes we have a tendency to look over our shoulder or something like that. And I would say, you know what, make the intentional step of turning your body and facing the listener. Uh, if you've, let's say you're working on a laptop, you know what, just close the lid. Um, I think that says to the person, I want to listen to you. Uh, another thing is uh, putting your phone on vibrate or just even turning on airplane mode if you know if this is the kind of conversation that really shouldn't be interrupted. Mm. Sometimes it's closing the door. Sometimes, you know, if you're at a restaurant and there's a TV behind the other person, you know, maybe sometimes you even have to shift your seat or do something, but but it, you know, scan the environment, figure out what are the potential distractions for you and eliminate them as best you can. Yeah. M. Scott Peck said, you cannot truly listen to anyone and do anything else at the same time. Oh, uh, yeah. That comes to the uh, very common lie of multitasking. Yes. And I would just have you hit on that very just just for a brief moment, because I think um, that uh, speaks so much into the whole distraction thing, because people think, oh, I'm fine. Oh, you yeah. know, I can do this or this because I can multitask. Uh, so if you want to just talk briefly about that real quick. Sure. Real quick. That's a complete fallacy. Anybody that says that they can multitask doesn't really understand the, the science of the brain because the science clearly shows that you cannot do two cognitive activities at the same hmm. time. So there may be certain activities that you can do while you're listening because they don't really take any thought. They don't. Your brain is not engaged in them, but you cannot do two cognitive activities at the same time. Time. So whether you know, you're typing something or you're watching or reading or listening to something else, you, you can't do that and listen to the person. So, yeah, that's just a quick, quick hmm. bit on that. All right. And what kind of benefits, I mentioned this earlier, what kind of benefits will be clearly evident when we begin to implement active listening into our daily lives? Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there are little things that change that we don't really notice and it can get very frustrating. Uh, when it doesn't seem like there's much change going on. But what are some things that we will be able to see very evidently uh, once we start to implement this and uh, become successful? With okay. It? Well, I, I'll share a story that I got from a, um, a person that I know in the community, a, a business leader, and uh, they attended my work, a workshop of mine in which we talked about active listening. And she wrote me the other day and said, hey, I freaked my assistant out because I actually did what you suggested. And I turned away from my computer when she came in to talk to me. (laughs) And she just she completely there was this, you know, there was this almost this visceral response from her when I did that. And so, you know, that's obviously in one maybe in one sense, an exaggeration. But you know what? When you really listen People take notice, and that's why I titled that blog the best way to get somebody's attention is Mm. to listen to them because people are not used to being listened to. And I think it also goes back to the quote you shared at the beginning of this podcast and that you're going to find people are drawn to you. Mm. You're going to find that people begin to unfold a bit of themselves like they never did before. You're going to find people are going to share more of themselves with you. You're going to find that people give you deeper thoughts that they have. You're going to find maybe a greater level of vulnerability and honesty from people, the better that you listen. 
But I think the the at a, at a high level, maybe at a summary level, you're going to find your relationships begin to be enriched and deepen. Because when, as you already mentioned earlier, when I listen to you, that says you're important. You have value. And when you do that, people are drawn to that because they begin to trust you. And when they begin to trust you, they're going to begin to open up. And so you're going to find that you, the, the trusting relationships that you have begin to grow and become stronger. But, um, you know, there's all kinds of different things because different people are going to react to this differently. But I just think you're going to find the depth of your relationships will improve. Uh, people are going to trust you more. They're going to be more willing to follow you, uh, follow your lead yeah. because they feel valued. And when they feel valued, they, they value back. When they feel trusted, uh, they trust back. Um, and, and that's what people are looking for. They're going to lean into that and, and be drawn to that without question. Yeah, there's so much value there because you get to understand them better as a person because when they open up, you're going to, like I said, be able to understand them better. Um, oh, yeah. And it's just, you know, they're looking at relationships in life. There's so many times that I've looked back at relationships I've had with people and kind of taking a step back and realizing that there wasn't very much depth to it mm-hmm. because a lot of the times you're talking and there's that instant thought of replying while they're speaking. And oh, yeah. So it's just you don't get to understand people as well. Yeah. Uh, well, think about it. I mean, you the key, think of an analogy here of every person is like a house and, and houses have a variety of rooms and a lot of those rooms have doors. Yeah. And, and what you're going to find is that early on in a relationship, most of the doors are closed. And, and you have access to the common areas. Yeah. But the deeper you go in the relationship, more doors get opened. And, and they begin to let you in more. And they, beget you, they begin to let you see and hear more of them. And the point is, is that as a leader, you want the, the value that this person has to bring. But a lot of people are hesitant and hold back because they've been burned. Uh, from bad relationships. And you don't want that. You want to build trust and give people a sense of feeling totally safe to let you in and to really pour out what they've got to offer. All right. Well, Joe, thank you so much. I think that this uh, will be very, very helpful to many people. Yeah, I hope uh, so. Do you have any other just last finishing comments before you yeah, end? Sure. I think um, I think one of the things, the other things I mentioned in the blog, I will mention here, and that is uh, I used to have a basketball coach in the eighth grade uh, who used to say that practice makes perfect. And, and I, would, uh, I would modify that and say two things. I think that perfect practice makes perfect. And so just practicing does not mean you're going to become a better leader. <laughs> practicing yeah. the right things is going to make you an effective listener. But also uh, a, a phrase I heard years ago, and that is practice makes permanent. Yep. And, and I really believe that. And so that takes that whole idea of intentionality and puts it into action. And that's where I just go back to what I said earlier. Practice, 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 practice the right things. And you know what? You can become a better leader. I've heard people say, oh, I'm just uh, I'm just not a good listener. I mean, you know, I'm not a good listener. You know what? Don't say that. 
Maybe you are a, not an effective listener today, but if you will become intentional and you will mm-hmm. practice, you absolutely positively can take your listening to a completely different level. And in the doing of that, you can increase your leadership capacity without question. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Practice, 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 implement that, create a habit of mm-hmm. active listening. Amen. All right, yes. Joe. Well, thanks so much again. My pleasure. Uh, for coming today. Uh, and thank you all for tuning in and listening uh, to this great podcast uh, with Joe on the best way to get someone's attention. Again, feel free visit joedenner.com, subscribe to the blog, and get his ebook as a free gift 10 Ways to Live on Purpose. With that, I'm Phil Denner, your host. Join us again next time for another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow.